Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here again today with Lindsay and Mandy, and uh, we are continuing through 2 Samuel. Uh, David is going to get challenged here by Absalom. Uh, There's like a kingdom challenge. I think we get a good picture of what living in this kingdom was like. Uh, We get a little bit of a picture into what's going on in David's head, uh, which I think we can probably have a decent conversation about because we actually just did. (laughs) (laughs) The pre-discussion. The pre-discussion. Sometimes we should release that as extra credit. Yeah. Um, So as we're we're going through this, guys, what is sticking out to you as something that's worth talking about? Um, Well, one thing that's sticking out to me is David's response when um, he's being threatened. So they're like, they want to kill him. They want to throw stones at him. They're like, you know, you're the worst human ever. And, and David's like, no, 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 let him curse me. Let him do all these things. And I think like, like if God wants to take me out, let God take me out. And I just think like, is David okay? Like, <laughs> because who's checking on David, right? Because we know that in previous days that we've had, that we've been reading, like he lost a baby. He cre- I mean, he made a huge mess of a lot of things. Um, he's like not really showing up as a king that is, you know, before he became king and all those years that God was shaping him and molding him, he was just like so full of honor and like so committed to letting God do it God's way. He wasn't going to kill Saul. Like he was going to only become king if God wanted. So in this moment, he says like, no, if, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And that to me sounds like a cry for help. Like my therapist would be circling things on a clipboard going, I have to ask you some questions. Um, do you have a plan? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like he is spiraling. His plan is actually just to get right out of town. Yeah. And, <laughs> just leave. Yeah. And, and and I, so I'm just like, see, and I'm like, okay, I think he might be in some, like, in some grief. Mm-hmm. Is, is he okay? He takes the arc with him and then decides no. Then sends it back. He's yeah. very wishy-washy. It just is so different than who he was before he became king. And I just have so many questions. I think it's a public service announcement that you shouldn't have multiple wives and kids with every woman that comes along. Seems like a good thing. I mean, mostly because if you decide to leave town, it's a lot of work. Okay, for <laughs> other reasons. But I, I do think, so when those listening, when you hear this, just a little context. There's a lot of little um, historical things yeah. happening here or cultural things happening that you're like, that's weird. Um, and it is <laughs> it is weird. But culturally, the reader and the, the people living then would have understood. So you have Absalom sleeping with his father's concubines on the roof for the whole city to see. Um, again, this is not a democracy. This is a monarchy. This is a royal lineage. And the way you gain power is through lineage, through children. And so by Absalom sleeping with his father's concubines, he's basically taking over the royal lineage. You have Absalom going to Hebron, which is not just a random like, okay, he goes to Hebron. Hebron is the place where David was anointed king. So now Absalom is going there with his whole crew and saying, the new king is about to get anointed. And everybody in that nation who heard Absalom's heading to Hebron would have known, oh my gosh, okay, things are going down. And so I say, amongst all the other things of Absalom just straight out saying, I'm going to become king, I'm doing this. And I say all this to add to that of what you're saying. David's just kind of sitting there going, no, okay, let's, you know, let's see how this plays out. Like it, he's very open handed, very almost passive. Yeah. Like, 
and of course, in the beginning, that trust of God was admir- admirable mm-hmm. in the beginning of his life, but it seems like it's come to a point where he's almost given up, mm-hmm. and he's not standing and saying, wait, no, I am king. God told me I am king. Um, and I think what you do see is the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. in this, That because God has decided David is going to be king of Israel. This is how this is going to go down. And even when David himself has a crisis, mm-hmm. grief, I don't, he's, <laughs> I don't know, he's having a breakdown. Yeah. God somehow supernaturally preserves his kingdom. Because you, if you read this, you're like, he shouldn't be king by the by. Oh, it should go very quickly. It should go very quickly that Absalom takes us over. And then all of a sudden, Mephibosheth shows up and is like, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. He's like, Saul, yeah, this is mine. Yeah, Saul should have been king. His lineage should have stayed king. I don't really agree with this whole David thing. So there's another threat from that. I mean, it's... It's a wild time. People were l- turning on the Twitter. <laughs> oh, the, no. Not back to this. The Twitter, the TikTok video saying, what is happening today yeah. in... Yeah. The governmental news, because yeah. this is going crazy. So I look at this, and I, I think right away back to what Nathan told David yes. uh, following his sin with Bathsheba. And it's uh, he says, this is what the Lord says. because of, So this is Nathan talking to David, confronting him. Because of what you've done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. That's Absalom. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. We just read about that. Yep. Um, you did it secretly, but I will make it happen to you openly in sight of all of Israel. So I think when David first heard that, it's, pro- it's probably like one of those situations where it's like, what? Come on. And then it plays out, and you're like, oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? And the crazy thing is... He says, so another man's going to take your wives in public view. Which would be the kingdom. I mean, that's... Because David took another man's wife exactly. in private. Exactly. And now you reap what you yes. sow. Yes. So I do think that there's got to be some of that in his mind. Like, are you kidding me? I just heard about this. Like, this is going very quickly. Because David is someone who trusts God. So yeah. I think probably he trusts God when he hears about good things. And probably he trusts God when he hears about bad things. Um, but we, we also get like David has been shooting straight up, you know, the people have loved him. They're singing this song about Saul kills his thousands, but yeah. David kills his tens. Of, like he's a famous popular General, guy. Warrior. Exactly. And he has, he has loyal armies that will just wipe people out on his behalf. And I think this is probably still at his disposal. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, but he's not doing that. And now instead he's just leaving town. People he's are shouting given, at him from the, given up. he's definitely given up. Yeah. Yeah, but- I think uh, you know it's funny because it said like, "Hey, we're packing all these things. We're taking like we're taking the mules, we're taking the raisins, we're taking the summer fruit, we're taking the bread, but we're taking the wine for when we're exhausted." I'm like, have you heard of water? That's a better <laughs> hydration source. If you're exhausted, wine's gonna take you under. But listen, it's when I I actually expected David to bust out a, the wine skin at this point when he's like, "All right, just keep throwing rocks at me." I thought it was gonna be like, and he drank all the wine because I'm like, and it was gone. He's exhausted. He yeah. sounds tired. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so it's a wild time. It's a wild, and it's the story is going to continue to build it's, as we go. Again, it's God is the hero of his story. His people aren't so often. I mean, it's such a highlight ever. when we actually do something. We're like the kids, you know, the five year old at the gymnastics meet that yeah. does like a little tumble, and yeah. all the parents are like, Aww. "Future Olympic athlete." Yeah, and that's kind of what it's like to read the story of God's people. <laughs> 
Like, aww. Yeah, oh, that's cute. They tried, but it's oh, really no. not impressive. No, oh dear. Oh dear. Here and it's it and it's not like this license to be like, oh my gosh, good. Like I can just like keep sinning and right. like doing all this and God's still gonna use me. No, 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 no. Because it's actually not about us at all. Well, look at look at all the consequences coming out of that sin. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we're actually seeing that mindset play out. Like, well, God's gonna forgive me. No, well, I mean, yeah, he's gonna forgive you, but this is just going everywhere now. This is going everywhere. And it ultimately is about God. It what has, a mess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He can draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Yeah. No, that's deep. There you go. Just, we should stop right there. Uh, that's what we plan to do, actually. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to God's Whole Story. We will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Second Samuel 15. After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses, and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. When people brought a case to the king for judgment, Absalom would ask where in Israel they were from, and they would tell him their tribe. Then Absalom would say, you've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone could bring their case to me for judgment, and I would give them justice. When people tried to bow before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and kissed them. Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment, and so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. After four years, Absalom said to the king, let me go to Hebron to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and fulfill a vow I made to him. For while your servant was at Geshur and Aram, I promised to sacrifice to the Lord in Hebron if he would bring me back to Jerusalem. All right, the king told him, go and fulfill your vow. So Absalom went to Hebron, but while he was there, he sent secret messengers to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against the king. As soon as you hear the ram's horn, his message read, you are to say, Absalom has been crowned king in Hebron. He took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel, one of David's counselors who lived in Gilo. Soon, many others also joined Absalom and the conspiracy gained momentum. A messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. Then we must flee at once or it will be too late. David urged his men, hurry, if we get out of the city before Absalom arrives, both we and the city of Jerusalem will be spared from disaster. We are with you, his advisors replied. Do what you think is best. So the king and all his household set out at once. He left no one behind except 10 of his concubines to look after the palace. The king and all his people set out on foot, pausing at the last house to let all the king's men move past to lead the way. There were 600 men from Gath who had come with David along with the king's bodyguard. Then the king turned and said to Ittai, a leader of the men of Gath, Why are you coming with us? Go on back to King Absalom, for you are a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. You arrived only recently, and should I force you today to wander with us? I don't even know where we will go. Go on back and take your kinsmen with you, and may the Lord show you his unfailing love and faithfulness. But Ittai said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by your own life that I will go wherever my lord the king goes, no matter what happens, whether it means life or death. David replied, all right, come with us. So Ittai and all his men and their families went along. Everyone cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. They crossed the Kidron Valley and then went out toward the wilderness. Zadok and all the Levites also came along carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God and Abathar offered sacrifices until everyone had passed out of the city. Then the king instructed Zadok to take the Ark of God back into the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he will bring me back to see the Ark and the tabernacle again. But if he is through with me, then let him do what he seems, what seems best to, to him. 
The king also told Zadok the priest, Look, here is my plan. You and Abathar should return quietly to the city with your son Ahamaz and Abathar's son Jonathan. I will stop at the shallows of the Jordan River and wait there for a report from you. So Zadok and Abathar took the Ark of God back to the city and stayed there. David walked up the road to the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning. And the people who were with him covered their heads and wept as they climbed the hill. When someone told David that his advisor, Ahithophel, was now backing Absalom, David prayed, O Lord, let Ahithophel give Absalom foolish advice. When David reached the summit of the Mount of Olives where people worshipped God, Hushai the archite was waiting there for him. Hushai had torn his clothing and put dirt on his head as a sign of mourning. But David told him, if you go with me, you will only be a burden. Return to Jerusalem and tell Absalom, I will now be your advisor, O king, just as I was your father's advisor in the past. Then you can frustrate and counter Ahithophel's advice. Zadok and Abathar, the priests, will be there. Tell them about the plans being made in the king's palace. And they will send their sons, Ahimaaz and Jonathan, to tell me what is going on. So David's friend Hushai returned to Jerusalem, getting there just as Absalom arrived. When David had gone a little beyond the summit of Mount of Olives, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, was waiting there for him. He had two donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of summer fruit, and a wineskin full of wine. What are these for, the king asked Ziba? Ziba replied, The donkeys are for the king's people to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat. The wine is for those who become exhausted in the wilderness. And where is Mephibosheth's Saul's grandson? The king asked him. He stayed in Jerusalem, Ziba replied. He said, Today I will get back the kingdom of my grandfather Saul. In that case, the king told Ziba, I give you everything Mephibosheth owns. I bow before you, Ziba replied. May I always be pleasing to you, my lord the king. As King David came to Baharim, a man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shimei, son of Gera, from the same clan as Saul's family. He threw stones at the king and at the king's officers and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer." Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king, Abishai, son of Zariah, demanded. Let me go over and cut off his head. No, the king said. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zariah? If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shammai kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing and throwing stones and dirt at David. The king and all who were with him grew weary along the way, so they rested when they reached the Jordan River. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the army of Israel arrived at Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahithophel. When David's friend Hushai the Archite arrived, he went immediately to see Absalom. Long live the king, he exclaimed. Long live the king. Is this the way you treat your friend David? Absalom asked him. Why aren't you with him? I'm here because I belong to the man who was chosen by the Lord and by all the men of Israel, Hushai replied. And anyway, why shouldn't I serve you? Just as I was your father's advisor, now I will be your advisor." Then Absalom turned to Ahithophel and asked him, What should I do next? Ahithophel told him, Go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them here to look after the palace. Then all Israel will know that you have insulted your father beyond hope of reconciliation, and they will throw their support to you. 
So they set up a tent on the palace roof where everyone could see it, and Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice just as David had done, for every word Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. Now Ahithophel urged Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men to start out after David tonight. I will catch up with him while he is weary and discouraged. He and his troops will panic and everyone will run away. Then I will kill only the king and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride returns to her husband. After all, it is only one man's life that you seek. Then you will be at peace with all the people. This plan seemed good to Absalom and to the elders of Israel. But then Absalom said, Bring in Hushai the archite. Let's see what he thinks about this. When Hushai arrived, Absalom told him what Ahithophel had said. Then he asked, what is your opinion? Should we follow Ahithophel's advice? If not, what do you suggest? Well, Hushai replied to Absalom, this time Ahithophel has made a mistake. You know your father and his men. They are mighty warriors. Right now, they are as enraged as a mother bear who has been robbed of her cubs. And remember that your father is an experienced man of war. He won't be spending the night among the troops. He is probably already hidden in some pit or cave. And when he comes out and attacks and, and a few of your men fall, there will be panic among your troops and the word will spread that Absalom's men are being slaughtered. Then even the bravest soldiers, though they have the heart of a lion, will be paralyzed with fear. For all Israel knows what a mighty warrior your father is and how courageous his men are. I recommend that you mobilize the entire army of Israel, bringing them from as far away as Dan in the north and Beersheba in the south. That way, you will have an army as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And I advise that you personally lead the troops. When we find David, will fall on him like dew that falls on the ground. Then neither he nor any of his men will be left alive. And if David were to escape into some town, you will have all Israel there at your command. Then we can take ropes and drag the walls of the town into the nearest valley until every stone is torn down. Then Absalom and all the men of Israel said, Hushai's advice is better than Ahithophel's, for the Lord had determined to defeat the council of Ahithophel, which really was the better plan, so that he could bring disaster on Absalom. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.